You are listening to The Quest for 100, a discussion on everything you never knew you wanted to know. And now your hosts, Justin and Brian. What's going on, Questers? This is Justin, um, and I am here, as always, with my partner in crime, Brian. Hey, Justin. What's up, Brian? Uh, not much. Uh, ready, ready for another episode of the quest? Yeah, I feel like has it been a while? I feel like it's been a while. Well, uh, for the I mean, listeners, it hasn't. Yeah, it's been a week. You yeah, know, but we're we're recording on on a Thursday, so we're a little late. Yeah, we're gonna post this immediately. So yeah, Brian, it's if this turns out great, it's because of Brian's magic, and he does it so quickly to make this spectacular at the at the launch of this. So. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll <laughs> High see. expectations, yeah. Yeah. or maybe low. I've maybe I've lowered your expectations yeah. as a listener. Well, th- there's been a lot of things going on today. I, yeah, I think uh, that uh, kind of decided what our topic was going to be. So, yeah. And I I will say that um, so today today is is the launch of of NCAA uh, March Madness. Um, but that's not the reason why we are recording so late on a Thursday. No. Uh, there's been a lot of other things going on. So why don't, why don't you first catch us up, Brian, on uh, what's been going on? Well, last week I, I took another little vacation. I know I just took a vacation yeah, not that long ago. All but over the place. Yeah, this one, this one um, I went to Arizona for a wedding. Okay. Uh, a really nice wedding with with a backdrop of the Superstition Mountains out out uh, east. That's a thing? Yes. What is that? Uh, Superstition Mountains. They're just a mountain range outside of Phoenix. Okay. Uh, and really awesome wedding. Um, then went up to Sedona. Okay. Checked out Sedona, did some hiking and and uh, so that that's kind of what I've been doing. Is Sedona time. known for wine, or am I mixing that up? There, there is a little bit of winery um, up that direction. Um, their big thing. Is, you're thinking Sonoma, oh yeah, in California. Yep, that is correct. <laughs> you are correct, sir. But uh, <laughs> their big thing is the big red rocks and the the oh yeah 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 the you know I would say they're almost sculptured. Okay, red rock. Cool. You know um, formations that that have, you know, just south of the Grand Canyon. So it's it's a similar uh, makeup as the Grand Canyon, but to me, it's a little bit more um, striking because the Grand Canyon, you know, it's like water over th- you know hundreds and thousands of years eventually created mm-hmm. this canyon. Well, these rock formations in Sedona are all over the place and they mm-hmm. just like pop up places and for some reason there's a little thing like a little shoot here and a little yeah. shoot there and um so you know did some hiking around there but um you know it it was uh, an amazing place i i yeah. i'm going to have to go back at some point was that your first time it was my first time ever going okay. there yeah now i'm curious uh, we don't need to do dig too deep into this but you're a video guy yep do you enjoy the photography i do okay yeah i take a lot of photos but i i'm i'm the type of guy that now with cell phones i just carry my cell phone i don't i don't oh, carry really? a, a dslr okay anymore um i just try to create a picture from just my cell phone yep um as opposed to you know 
using a camera. And and I think eventually I'll get back into using a camera. But when I get back into it, I want to be, like, full into it and, like, sure. taking a tripod and, like, you Legitimate. know, really setting up photos yeah. as opposed to now I'm just, like, yeah. going on this hike and snap a few photos. So. so we didn't talk about this in the last episode. We had uh, uh, awesome – hopefully you guys tuned in to our uh, comic book episode – uh, with our guest on, on on that show, which was Listener X or John. Um, but before that weekend, I actually went to the San Juan Islands mm-hmm. um, and San Juan Island in particular where uh, – so it's – for those not from the Washington area, it's it's uh, some islands off uh, in the upper north um, uh, off the coast of Washington and just a beautiful island um, or, or set of islands. We only stayed at the one, but kind of explored through that area and uh, was a ton of stuff to just uh, see. And, and um, you know, I've, I've been I've been traveling a little bit in the last couple of years and, and really kind of had a passion for it. And, and just recently um, started uh, an Instagram account yeah. uh, my, myself. And, um, you know, this started last year and I, I just started when we went to Bali and then we went to Costa Rica and, and mm-hmm. now San Juan Island. So I'm, I'm developing my, my presence there. But, but what I will say is that, uh, when I went to Costa Rica and, and then now San Juan Island, um, it's the off season there. So I, I found this passion for photography mm-hmm. that I never really, I knew I kind of had a little bit of it, but I was very amateur if that. Yep. Um, and so now, you know, my wife has a, a camera and she, typically you know brings it around when we go to some places and i found some room in our backpack to bring it to san juan and um and it was awesome just to bring that around and and even just take some photos and then you know it's the the instant and a lot of people that that are probably listening know instagram so much even better than i probably do but um but there's so much pressure to get the perfect photo with instagram Mm -hmm. and i it does weigh on me i will say um, but I love the challenge of it, and I think just you know bringing an actual camera. And you talked about you know having a phone, and I I'm you know you probably are a million times better at taking a, a, the right photo than I am. But it, it was kind of exciting to kind of you know being there during the off season and taking photos of these places that are just gorgeous, yeah, uh, beautiful views of the mountains and or woods or just barren areas because um, there wasn't that many people there. Um, and then, you know, crafting the right photo to post on social media. And it's, it's a different world we live in now yeah. uh, with that. But um, And I didn't let it take away from my experience at all being there, but it was just a really cool um, being around just such a uh, place that, that just was so beautiful. I, I uh, think it's um, – and, and I, uh, I do follow you on Instagram. Thank um, you. Appreciate I, it. And I think it's interesting how – uh, and we'll just briefly touch on this because this is not our topic. But yeah. how how when you travel, I'm a person who saves all my photos and will post them after I'm done traveling. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's when I post everything to my Instagram account. So people are so confused as to when I'm actually in this location sure. because I'm posting after the fact. Whereas, yep. you know, some people immediately from that place have yep. to post it. So I, just to briefly, I mean, we'll probably no, talk about this as a topic at no, some other that's, point. but. 
I, I think you know, and again, our topic is is interesting this week, so we, we'll we'll see where it goes today. So we can spend <laughs> a little extra time talking about that. That's fu- totally fine. But uh, for me, and again, developing what I you know, I'm in marketing, so I'm I'm developing my brand of Instagram, if you would. Um, and for me, I think what I've I've come to terms is that I'm using Instagram stories to kind of tell my story of being there. Yeah. Uh, but I won't actually make any posts until after, and then. And I've done differently in my last two trips, but but with San Juan, I kind of came to the conclusion that I'm going to wait until after, and then I'm going to make sure that I actually take time to look at these photos and make sure that they're yep. edited in the right way and posted in the right way, so that you know they're telling the right or wrong story, however you want to tell it, um, of you know how the trip was, and um, and you know pictures never really tell the full story of of how oh, amazing no. that, that's the views the, are that was and, my hard time and yeah. Sedona it's like I took this photo and it's like this doesn't even capture like yeah. you can't capture right how amazing this looks right in the photo so yeah I, I'll try yeah but that that's that's why I want to get to eventually start to bringing in tripod and mm-hmm. like properly exposing and making sure everything's you know maybe even sitting there for a while to make sure the lighting is exactly yeah. what I want and all that kind of stuff but um yeah, yeah so little bit of travel for both both of us uh i i did hear some things from uh one listener my my dad actually oh yes yeah my dad started listening uh he he, mr brian but he he roasted me for our our cookie episode is that right yeah um and he uh is a big fan of oatmeal cookies oh yes so i've gained his business then um well uh, he he was more talking about our delusional thinking. Yeah, well, yes, yes. Yeah, and how I, have I a was, customer. Yeah, you would have a customer for yeah. sure. I'm telling you, it, there are people out but there. But he said he said he said they were in his top five. Well, that's pretty broad. And his top two, his top two favorite when he he goes to Safeway to buy them at the grocery store. Really? Yeah. His Safeway cookies. Safeway. Now, I will say that sometimes you can get a great cookie from Safeway. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I want to hate on that. Like, yeah. You can actually get a good cookie from Safeway. Safeway is a grocery store in the Pacific Northwest. If, I think if, it's pretty common around. Uh, it's owned by Albertsons, I believe. Yes. Um, which owns a lot of different um, across the country. Yeah. Owns a lot, but I feel like Safeway's okay. pretty common. If, if QFC is a little less common. If, uh, QFC is more common to the Pacific. As Northwest. long as they're in the East Coast, then yeah. then yeah, I'm pretty know. sure Safeway. And if it isn't, then you know we'll look into it. But but yeah, no. But that's what I was saying in that cookie episode is that there are people that actually enjoy an oatmeal cookie, and to put it in your top five. I mean, I would not put it in my top yeah. five, but I am opening up a business. And if you are interested in oatmeal cookies, we will have the best, and they'll be real cheap. Yeah, he he just could not believe that I was comparing them to burnt cookies. So, <laughs> uh, so there's that. And then um, our first episode that we ever released, you know, whatever, 17 weeks ago, sure. now has 50 listens. Ooh, so we are halfway to halfway 100. Halfway to 100. Now the only problem is that I felt like that was a one of our Poorest oh, it episode. was the worst episode we had. <laughs> so hopefully you've made it. Was it was a podcast about podcasts. <laughs> yeah, like Who not wants inst- to listen to that. Not interesting at all. But it was like our pilot. Yeah, it was a pilot. And and honestly, if you're here and you've listened to every episode or most episodes, kudos to you for sticking in because you know we will ebb and flow and we will go through this roller coaster of a journey 
um, and we'll have some terrible episodes. Yeah. And you're, if you bear with us through that, you're a true listener. Yeah. You're a true question. Well, and you can skip these episodes too. So you, you can. You can. This might be one of those episodes that people might skip. We'll we'll see. Maybe we'll see. Maybe. Uh, let so we've we've alluded to the fact that you know March Madness is going on, and we're not a sports podcast at all. No, we we don't want to talk sports. But when we do talk sports, we want to talk obscure sports. Yes, indeed. And and so with March Madness starting, we felt like we needed to talk a sport. What better sport than to talk pickleball? Pickleball! And so let's start off with some uh, pickleball pickle news. You're a newsman, and I ever tell you otherwise, you punch me in the face! Well, my, uh, my news for the pickleball world is, is fairly brief, mm-hmm. and we'll get into the history and all that kind of stuff, but um, uh, the... USA Pickleball Association mm-hmm. has announced that April is going to be National Pickleball Month. Is this a new thing? It's the second year they've done it. Okay. Uh, so they're they're trying to grow the game. And a quote from uh, Justin Maloof, who's the executive director of USA Pickleball Association, uh, Pickleball is experiencing unparalleled growth in the United States by establishing National Pickleball Month again for April. It will help to continue to promote the sport on a national level and help get Americans moving, stay active, and truly enjoy this great sport. Mm-hmm. That's my news. That's all. I well, got. that's that's exciting, and and that's April. That's coming. April, up? Yeah. yeah. So so just around the corner. Yep, that, that is. That's that's really why we were recording. That's of course the main reason why we chose this topic at this time. Yeah. Uh, no, we, we, you don't need to come behind the curtains with with Brian and I. But sometimes when we when we talk about topics, it's totally random, and then we'll find out later, like we did with what electricity yeah. or whatever, like episodes like that, where we're like, oh, it happens to be the yeah. the topic of this month or whatever it is. So, um, interesting nonetheless. And my my news is not. Um, necessarily much more in depth but what i will say is um so pickleball and we'll we'll get into the details so if you're first hearing about the word pickleball it has nothing to do with a pickle um this is something that is actually a sport and brian will probably get into the the history and and the background and the rules of this game um and hopefully a lot of the people that are listening actually i don't it doesn't matter whether you don't know it or you do i think you'll enjoy just learning about this sport because it is a sport um and but for me uh so as as i looked into the news um there was a recent article that was posted so i in particular and this is you know maybe a question for you brian and and maybe the listeners um do you know who jake owen is have you heard of that name the country singer yes yes okay so uh i did not know who jake owen is um but do you know who kid rock is yeah. Everybody knows who yeah. Kid Rock is. I know who Kid Rock is. I didn't know who Jake Owen was. Um, but apparently, Jake Owen um, collaborated with Kid Rock on a new song, uh, which is called Grass is Always Greener. And it, it's about to release, I think, in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's even I, – I literally don't even think there's a limited release or anything. I, I don't think this song is out. I looked for it. Couldn't find it. But apparently – these two obscure artists, so Kid Rock, who does everything, yeah. uh, and Joe Owen, who is a 
um, you know, country singer, they uh, got into playing pickleball together. <laughs> I don't know how this even started. Um, and there's a couple articles about this in particular that they just started they, – they started talking to each other and then they started playing pickleball. And uh, and that partnership and playing against each other or with partners or whatever, um, they started to collaborate and, and came together to pair on a song, which is that grass is always greener song. Um, and so it's kind of interesting. And again, this is a very brief story. There's not much to it. Uh, but the fact that uh, these two artists from from in in some ways different uh, genres of music became friends through a pickleball court and decided to co-collaborate on a new song, which is coming out in Jake Owen's new album. And for those, you know, again, the, but the grass is always greener is not about pickleball necessarily. It is not about pickleball. No, okay. I, although we don't know. Well, we don't know. I assume it is not. Yeah, because you're not playing on grass. You're not. You're not. But uh, there might be an homage. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. We, You'll we, have to tune in whenever that song gets released. Yeah, and we maybe, don't know the lyrics. I I don't know if there's any songs in the world that include the word pickleball in them. Yeah, but this might be the most. <laughs> but likely. This might be the most likely. Yeah. So the odds are in his favor. But uh, you know, Jake Owen. So again, I don't I don't know him very well. Um, so I'm chastising myself here, but uh, he's known for Alone With You, Barefoot, Blue Jean, Night, yeah. Starting With Me. Again, I, if I heard them, I probably would know them. But. Barefoot, Blue Jean, Night, I, yeah. yeah, you should yeah. So, but But pretty cool. I mean, he's a bigger, bigger name yeah. within the industry, and uh, Kid Rock has somehow lasted through. I mean, I remember listening to him when I was, uh, I don't know, eight? Seven, he's, something like he's that? gone way more country yeah. recently. So, but, I, but he's kind of. But Kid Rock was this this person that just changed genres all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I mean, he was what? What was the what was the style of music he started with? Was it death metal? No, it wasn't nah, death metal. I, yeah, it was like he was yelling at yeah. us. He was yelling at us and punk rock. Yeah, sure, but even more hardcore than punk rock. Punk rock was like. I don't know, maybe Green Day. I don't know if Green Day counts as punk rock, but but even more extreme. And then he went down this like, uh, didn't he do something with Faith Hill or something? And then he came around and um, yeah, it, it just was, um, yeah. It, he's had this crazy path, but he has he to your point, he has been in country a little bit recently. So it's kind of cool that this unique sport that that I'm I'm hopeful that are I'm sure that probably fifty percent of the listeners have never even heard of. Um, is something that brought two artists together to collaborate on a music. I like it. Yeah, that, I like that. That's a good story to yeah. to tie everything in. So let's uh, let's catch everybody up to speed on what exactly pickleball is, and and we'll drop some knowledge. All right. So pickleball was invented in 1965 on Bainbridge Island, which is right here in lovely Seattle Pacific Northwest yeah. area. By three dads, Joel Pritchard, Bill Bell, and Barney McCallum. Um, Joel Pritchard was actually a congressman in the area. Uh, He eventually became the lieutenant governor from uh, 1988 to 1996, which I thought was interesting. Um, And Pritchard and Bell uh, came home after uh, golfing one Saturday and found their kids sitting around and doing nothing and decided they needed to get their kids active. So um, Pritchard had an old badminton court, uh, 
and he was looking for some badminton equipment. Couldn't find it. Um, and so what he could find was some ping pong paddles mm-hmm. and plastic balls. Okay. So they initially started playing um, with the ping pong paddles and plastic balls with the net at the badminton height okay. and would volley it back and forth. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, But then as the weekend progressed, they did, they determined that the ball would actually bounce off of the ground. Sure. Um, and so they lowered the net down to your normal tennis height. Uh, tennis height. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there was some um, debate over where the, the name of pickleball came from. So um, there's two different stories. Uh, Joel, Joel Pritchard's wife, Joan, um, says that she started naming it that because of the combination of sports um, that they were using reminded her of pickle boat, uh, which is boat. pickle boat, uh, which is a reference to a boat where the crew or oarsmen um, were chosen from the leftovers of other boats. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. I'm not. So this a, is the leftover sport of other sports? Yeah. Is that leftover because of leftover equipment and all sure. that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, right. Now, I think the better name okay. comes from uh, – so Barney Barney McCallum says that the, the Pritchards had a dog named Pickles, and Pickles would run off with the ball. There was some mixed oh, reports like on – so much better. Yeah. Uh, there was some mixed reports on when they started to play the game versus when they the Pritchards actually got the dog named Pickles okay. and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, oh, so it could have been a chicken and egg situation where, you know, they played the sport, Correct. they then had a dog named it Pickle, maybe yeah. after the sport kind of thing. Yeah. So, okay. w- you know, o- only they really know, and there's sure. kind of some debate on whether which, yeah. which one was which. Um, in... 1967, so two years later, uh, the first permanent pickleball court was constructed at a neighbor's um, mm. on Bainbridge Island. Okay. Um, and and then in 1972, they f- uh, they f- basically patented the sport um, sure. and formed a formed a corporation around it um, so that they could preserve the name and the mm-hmm. actual sport. Um, the first pickleball tournament was. Uh, in the world was held in 1976 uh, at South Center Athletic Club in Tukwila. That's actually pretty impressive. About 10 years from invention to actually like com- competition yeah. on a world level. That's yeah. impressive. Well, world being well, it was sure. the first one in the world. Yeah. Okay, that's still <laughs> it's, it's not it's still the something. world competing. At okay, it, but, that's still something. Yeah, uh, and and then I wasn't really sure how this happened, but. In 1984 was when the first rule book was actually published. So they had a tournament. <laughs> just like normal sports. Yeah. And you're just like playing with your friends. You're like, oh, no, that's a rule. Yeah. Well, it actually wasn't. Making it up during yeah. those first couple yep. tournament years. That's fair. So we'll go into some of the rules um, of, of the sport. So it's played on a badminton-sized court, which is 20 by 44. Uh, the nets must be 36 inches height. At the sidelines and 34 inches at the center, which I thought was interesting. I didn't realize that there was actually supposed to be a dip in it. Oh, interesting. So um, the ball must be uh, two and three-fourths inches to three inches in diameter. Okay. 
Um, the spacing of the holes on the ball can vary, uh, but basically the ball must be a a ball that's designed to fly straight. It, it can't be, okay. um, you know, have holes on one side but not yeah. on the other so that it's not, you know, flying straight. Yeah. Um, and we're using a, you know, plastic, uh, almost a wiffle ball yeah. uh, when we're playing. The uh, paddle must be solid with no holes or indentations, um, textures, or, or tape on it, on the actual mm-hmm. paddle of it. Okay. Um, so a lot of people play with wood, uh, but then, you know, as you get more, um, uh, I guess, comp- competitive, mm-hmm. you're you're getting into some of the other, sure. you know, types of textures, yeah, yeah. Um, so when it actually comes to the game, the uh, serve must the initial serve must be underhand, and the contact must be below the server's waistline. Um, and you're making the the serve to uh, diagonal cross court. Yeah. So uh, just to stop you for one second, and we're digging into the rules here a little bit. So for somebody who has never seen this sport before, um, it it really is a combination, and Brian alluded to this a little bit, but just it's a combination of a little bit of badminton, but also tennis. And yep. so if you can picture two people or four people playing tennis in a doubles format, um, it's very similar to that. It's yep. just a smaller court that um, – you know, you're using a different type of hitting source, yeah. which is the paddle. Different, yeah, paddle. And racket. the ball is very different, yep. I would say. Yep. Um, but but also is similar in, in concept to a ping pong. So I think badminton, ping pong, and tennis, and tennis is kind are of the three. Exactly. Exactly. Kind of I think the of. biggest difference between between tennis and pickleball is that, well, other than the equipment that you're using, mm-hmm. but uh, the size of the court does not change. Based off of if you're playing singles or doubles, it's it's always the same oh, size of court. Okay. So like when you th- you look at a tennis court, you kind of have that iconic double size court versus the single size court. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in one, this is always going to be just your traditional badminton. Yeah. Um, and and so um, you actually have a um, a. I guess they call it the volley, the no volley zone or the kitchen, um, similar to um, a tennis um, that has the line at the front. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, a seven foot feet on both sides um, is an area where you can't actually volley um, the shot. Yeah. What, what is that section called? Do the, you know? The kitchen. The kitchen. Yes. Non volley okay. zone. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and so if the ball were to come over, you have to let it. If you're inside of that area, you have to let it bounce. Mm-hmm. Um, you can volley from behind that area, uh, but you you cannot volley while you are in that area mm-hmm. or, or cross into that area as your momentum takes you yep. um, from the from the actual volley. Um, points are only scored when serving, and games are typically played to eleven. Um, tournaments sometimes fifteen to twenty one, um, and you're scoring by one. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike tennis, where you're you're doing the whole fifteen, thirty, forty of that, yeah. that stuff, um, there is a two bounce rule in pickleball. So the two bounce rule is that the server um, must bounce the ball on the opposite side. Um, the receiver must allow the ball to bounce, return the ball. The uh, server must allow the ball to bounce. And then can play it over. Then the ball can be volleyed. 
before that, the ball cannot be volleyed. Does that make Got sense? It. Yeah, it so, does. So, so it's you volley based. Yes, it's volley based. So basically, to. make okay. make sure that um, off of the serve and the return, there is not you can't somebody come it. up, yeah, yeah, smashing it. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, let's see. A uh, ball that hits on the line is considered in, um, and and those are kind of the basic rules of of pickleball. Yeah. No, it's um, you know we didn't touch too much on it, but just the I mean when you started this story, usually when we talk about history of things, we we go way back. Yeah. And Brian goes way back into this, and there's a lot of a story to it. But what was it? Sixty five. Sixty five. Yeah. So si- to start a sport in sixty five, and yeah. sure, you know we're what. 50, 50 to 60 years after that and um, and but really in the grand scheme of things that's not really that long I mean no. every other sport was around in that time and and um, doing great things it's definitely an up and coming sport yeah which is crazy it's yeah. crazy to think about this sport as that and you know and I'll get into my numbers here now but um, it it's a growing uh, sport and um, but interesting enough, it, it is very diversified. So um, you have an older generation that is very much into this sport um, and a younger generation that's just it's like, wow, this is kind of cool and, and trying to get into it. So, um, you know, it's when I when I started this this journey uh, to kind of look into some stats, um, I thought it was just funny that, um, you know, I went to the official site of of the uh what is it the USAPA uh mm-hmm. the the USA Pickleball Association um and went into their stats section and uh the thing that came up was unable to locate the database at this time and I was like oh well, that's a good sign I'm looking into stats for this topic and and the you know the the USA Federation for this sport doesn't really have it going. So it definitely has a lot of room for growth. But I, I was able to find a lot of stats on this from a lot of different studies and, and previous reports. Um, so just to name a couple things. Uh, so our, our Sports and, and Fitness Industry Association, so SFIA, the, the, according to them, the 2017 Pickleball Participant Report, they reported Pickleball currently has 28 Eight, we'll say 2.82 million players in the U.S., uh, which is an increase wow. of 12.3 percent over the last year, which is, I would say, very significant. Yeah, um, to increase that much, and and that 2.8 is about you know give or take, it's about one percent of of the United States. But I still think that's quite large. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of people that well, again will be listening to this episode and have never, never heard of, heard of it. Yeah. All let alone played it. And, um, and so it's kind of interesting that that many people are into it. And, and again, you know, we'll get into the demos, but, um, but it, it's dominated in a lot of ways by older, you know, senior, senior citizens, if you would, but just that 55 plus. Um, but there, but I think the reasons why it's growing one, because that demographic is growing um, as there are baby boomers and, and above, but, but there are a lot of younger groups that are getting into this sport because it is the barrier barrier to entry is so low. Yeah. Right. Like you can just grab, you know, you can grab a ping pong paddle if you really wanted to and a wiffle ball and you can play paddle ball or, or, or play pickleball. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, obviously it's not the traditional way of playing the sport, but you can totally do that. And I remember playing that in the past. So um, so interesting. Nonetheless, nonetheless. Um, yeah. Some of the some of the 
years that I left out or, or, um, that are more recent included, you know, history on when the uh, pickleball was included in the Arizona Senior Olympics and, sure. yeah. you know, the Hunts, Huntsman World Senior Games yeah. and things like that. There's a lot of that. Right, like that that older demographic, and um, you know, it, and I don't know if I, any of my stats have this, but in my research, I was finding that actually a lot of um, previous tennis players and tennis pros, actually, um, as they got a little bit older, they started to transition because they couldn't keep up maybe with tennis. They started to transition into pickleball uh, because the skills are are very similar yeah. to tennis, and and knowing the court and knowing the opponent and and how you hit a ball and all of that all is is helpful if you play tennis and you haven't heard or played pickleball i highly recommend trying it um or looking up the rules and playing it it's very easy you can go on a tennis court and even play this Mm -hmm. this sport which you know there's a little variation to it and you have to play with that but you can still play yeah and that's that's what kind of great about it yeah um and actually um so of those uh 2.8 2 million 1.5 1.5 million of those people are considered casual participants. So um, I would classify myself as a casual pickleball player. Mm, um, okay. So uh, I don't play very often, but they uh, they classify that as playing one to seven times a year. So I've I played actually earlier this year. Oh, really? I did. Yeah. So and it was um, and I forget the location. It was in Seattle. It was in northern Seattle along the coast. Um, and uh, really cool area, but they had tennis courts there. And one of our friends had a uh, had like the the pickleball rackets or whatever they are, and they had a ball. And we played doubles, and we played for like two straight hours, and it was amazing. It yeah. was I I and it'd been years since I played before, and we'll you know we can touch on that later. But just um, you know that uh, like relearning the sport again and just trying it out and and um getting into it and and actually learning to your, to what you brought up to the group is that um this is a local sport yeah. right like this is this is local to Seattle and I never knew that being I didn't from either. Pennsylvania yeah I didn't either I, um I, it's amazing that I don't know it, it just you think about things being invented and mm-hmm. and the Pacific Northwest is relatively new in terms of how long people have lived here sure um, in terms in terms of a modern civilization and so I just I wouldn't have even thought of it I well before coming here I played it so yeah. I just never even even knew yeah and and I think when I I started to realize it was when um, I actually, I was at a park in, in Renton, which is a suburb of Seattle, and um, they actually have a pickleball court. Really? Yeah. And, oh. and like, the designations and everything. And I was like, I remember playing that in high school. And I'm like, what is that doing here? And then I looked into it and found out that it actually was local here. Huh. So there's there's plenty of courts in this area and, and some other areas, too, um, which is really cool that this this um area has kind of embraced that yeah. um and and as a you know yes it started in the 60s but it's still a growing sport it's i've seen cool. commercials locally have you really TV commercials promoting uh a I, I don't know what the the business is but it's a pickleball business nice yeah i have not seen that but that is really cool that yeah. that exists that that just again goes to show i'm sure a lot of people watching that are, are like what like yeah. what is it? What is this sport? Um, so and and one one thing I, I do want to touch on is that for the most part, 
traditionally pickleball is played in in a doubles format. Yep. Um, it, it's you know you can play it in singles, but traditionally it's played in a doubles format. Mm-hmm. So as people get older, you think about oh well, you're actually only covering you know twenty feet wide, right? And so you're with two people, twenty feet by twenty two feet is the court on your side. Yeah, that's you know. You get a good workout mm-hmm. for sure, yep. um, but it's not a huge. Uh, it's not area. tennis. It's yeah. It's not tennis. It's not a huge area to cover, mm-hmm. um, but especially because you can allow the ball to bounce, so right. um, you have a little bit of time to get get to the ball and react and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. So a few other stats as I was looking into this. Um, so the age breakdown for casual and core. So core is basically. You know they're playing eight plus times a year. That's somebody that's that's pretty dedicated towards the sport. So there's there's a pretty different um, breakdown. Um, so core core players on average being significantly older. So 13 percent of the casual participants and 75 percent of core participants are 55 and older. Oh wow! So that this is a this is an older sport uh, in terms of the demographic who are playing it. Um, but you know, I guess I fall into that thirteen percent under the fifty-five that plays this. You know, and and I say plays very loosely. Like I played it one time this year, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I used to play a little bit more in high school. But um, but yeah, it, it just there are to your point. There are a lot of senior tournaments. There's a lot of people that play this, and because it, you know, a lot of um, you know older groups and have played tennis and have played these similar sports growing up. Um, and to find a sport that is a little less restrictive um, is pretty cool, and and to to still be active and be able to play at any age. Um, so we talked about the regions a little bit. Um, so the uh, in terms of core participants, so this is a very subset of it. But in terms of core persis, uh, participants, the Pacific, so California, Oregon, and Washington has about two hundred sixty three thousand people uh, in these three areas or three states. Uh, that play pickleball um, in the east north central is the second largest group so hmm. um, that's uh, I'm going to butcher it's Wyoming I want to say does that sound right Wyoming Michigan Illinois Ohio Indiana um, looking at the initials here I'm probably butchering that but um, 200,000 there and then South Atlantic so Florida Georgia South Carolina North Carolina Washington uh, West Virginia and DC is actually three uh, with 174,000 wow. people so I, I'm surprised that Arizona's not in there because I saw multiple sure. stories yeah. that you know reference Arizona mm-hmm. and you know tournaments and things like that yeah. down in that I, area I I am also surprised you I mean especially just given the core what the core demographic is, which is 55 and older, you would think that retirement zones would be higher in playing the sports. So Florida, which is number th- you know three in that area, um, but then Arizona is a huge for retirement. Yeah. So I would think that that would be a little bit higher. But I, I would not be surprised if they're right underneath these three groups, but um, interesting nonetheless. Um, so... Uh, one of these things, when you look at these, uh, is exposure. Um, you talked about some of these tournaments they had. So they've had a uh, – in, or in 2017, they had the USA uh, PA National Championships. And I think in 2018, they had it as well. But in 2017, they actually broadcast it um, with – or on CBS Sports Network. Oh, really? Yeah. And they, they paired it in some ways with the U.S. Open um, – 
uh, as both broadcast through the CBS Sports Network. So pairing it with ten- with tennis was kind of one of those um, easy kind of you know pairings, if you would. Um, and while I couldn't find ratings on that, and I was intrigued to find that, it is you can find it on online. And if you're curious, you can go and look at it on YouTube. Um, they do have those broadcasts. But within that tournament, that 2017 USA National Championships, uh, the oldest player was 86 years old. Wow. And the youngest player was 11. Wow. And I thought that was pretty cool that literally any age is playing this sport. How often do you find in a competitive nature yeah. at a, or at a na- national or even world level that – that yeah. wide range of players are playing as well. That is cool. So I thought that was really interesting. And um, they they said that uh, the Facebook live streaming um, carried several different live matches over the face over Facebook and had a total reach of 1.5 million viewers, uh, which is pretty cool. Now that that could have been over that was over a course of a, a number of different things, but uh, or a number of different events. But I thought that was pretty cool that. Exposure is growing again, and and you know we're looking into this. I don't know about you, I I never ever looked into more than just playing the sport. I never looked into what it meant or who competed or that it was even a thing. And so this was fresh, certainly for me, um, to find that stuff out. So I was kind of interesting. And the, and and the last thing that I um, kind of pulled into is that this the USAPA, which we we talked about, is. Um, you know, it's obviously it's it's become uh, supportive of the sport and growing the sport. So um, they actually awarded 119 community grants and one high school grant um, distri- distributed over 24,000 for pickleball equipment and local communities. So they're trying to grow the sport yeah. um, in a variety of different ways. Um, and so they said Pickleball Central joined USAPA and donated over 700 wooden paddles to various programs. So. Um, again, w- the theme is that this is growing. And, you know, it was up 12, 12-ish percent over the last year. I, I foresee that growing even more, even if people aren't talking about it yet. Um, and maybe we are. We're talking about it. We are talking about it. And now you're listening to it. Um, so that's that's something. Um, maybe we'll, we should have got reached out to the USAPA. They could have been our first real sponsor. Uh, that would have been great, actually. That would have been great. Um, but anyway – uh, interesting, nonetheless, that uh, the sport exists, one, and two, has a huge following uh, or, or a relatively large following and continues to grow. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's do some friendship tests on some pickleball. We just become best friends. Yep. So our first friendship test has to do with the sports that this uh, – um, kind of relates uh, to yeah relates to sure carries off of or or um so if you had to pick uh pickleball tennis badminton we'll throw a ping pong in there too yep which which one of those sports is kind of your go-to sport so it, go-to is used in a loose term here um because i don't play either of these three sports all that often throwing ping pong in there Oh, you're going to throw ping pong in there. Well, we were comparing those, That's those true. three, right? Okay. Well, I will say two things then, uh, and this is this is a cop-out. But I will say if, if ping pong's in there, I'm, I'm choosing ping pong. I thoroughly enjoy ping pong. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have a ping pong table in my basement for a few years, and I used to play after high school. I used to 
battle against my buddy and it was just like hardcore ping pong playing and um, really enjoyed that time. So I would say ping pong, even though I'm, I'm probably not that great. Uh, I know I'm not that great, but I do enjoy that. But I will say between tennis and badminton, I'm choosing pickleball anytime. If I have the equipment, which again, low barrier to entry, I just need to invest in that, which is not that much. Um, I would choose pickleball over those other two any day. Interesting. Yeah. I, what about you? I'm I'm a badminton. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you got some height. I mean, yeah. not that I don't, but you have some height. Yeah. So that's... Uh, I I don't know why, but I loved playing it as a kid. Okay. Uh, we actually would in my uh, front yard. We'd set up our uh, badminton net, and I would I just loved going and hitting the little birdie. I I yeah. think it was because the flight. Uh, and everything just kind of amazes me, you know, mm-hmm. when you hit it and how you hit it, and it's not a normal ball. Right. It, you know, you can put spin on it, or you could make it die, or you know, various types yeah. of things. So, um, I was at, I was fairly good in my high school okay. at badminton. Um, so you know, I I would have to say badminton. I do. I again, we're talking about pickleball. Obviously, both of us have an interest in pickleball. Otherwise, we wouldn't pick the topic. Sure. So I, I do like pick pickleball, but badminton. I just, I mean, I could sit there with a badminton racket and a, and a, a shuttlecock or birdie, and I could just hit that up all day. Sure. Like and and just something about the aerodynamics and all that kind of stuff just amazes me. So yeah. So that that's my my. Go-to. So we'll, we'll probably get into this with this next question. So I'll, I'll wait to this. But so, um, you know, when I was in high school, uh, we had the option um, to be in. T- we had to pick two of three sport, th- two of three activities within a gym to get our gym credit. Um, and that was either adventure uh, sports, at rack- racket sports or team sports. Did you have something similar to that in high school? No. Did you have a choice at all in I, high school? I don't even know what you're like. What, what do you okay, mean? so so for adventure sports was like rock climbing. Like you could do rock so like, climbing. So like for gym. your your PE credit, is that what you're talking about? Sure. Yeah, in high school, like you you just had to choose two of the three for us. That was how our high school operated. Oh, interesting. So do you, did you just do whatever that you know you had a certain we had curriculum, and, or we had aquatics, or we had okay. Um, it, I don't even remember if we got credit for being on one of the team sports. Yeah. Well, team sports literally was – it wasn't like I played football and I got a credit for being fo- – Oh, it was like, that's the let's focus play. of the – I yeah, got gotcha. So it was basketball gotcha. we spent like two weeks on and then we would go to football and then we – or five uh, football. We didn't have anything like that. Okay. Like ours was – ours would have been like aquatics, weights, um, a little bit more broken down and then – you know, you might go play, um, you know, one of these other sports mm-hmm. outside of that yeah. time period, okay. um, you know, because you may not spend all uh, – we had 100-minute classes, so, okay. um, yeah, so it, 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 we didn't have anything like that. Okay, so so for me, I we had the choice, and I uh, chose um, – I believe I chose racket and team sports, and team sports was an easy choice for me. And I was between adventure and racket, and I went with racket, and I loved it. Like, and that was my first introduction. And that's why I want to ask you this: mm-hmm. that was my first introduction, and this is in the suburbs of Philly mm-hmm. uh, to pickleball. And it was 
that was my favorite part of that entire semester or whatever it was. And I forget what it was in high school, but, um, but that was my favorite part of it. Cause I was with this one other guy and we played pickleball together and we were good at it. Um, and, uh, I, I, it, we played it for it was like a month or so, and then it just died. Like I never played it again until mm-hmm. actually recently. And so, um, what, what was your first exposure to to pickleball? Should we go back in the day? Let's do it. One point twenty one So, with back in the day for pickleball, I would have to say I don't remember exactly when we first started playing. I I, I well, let's put it this way. I remember the word pickleball and and having a the wooden paddle mm-hmm. and the the wiffle ball all the way back until elementary school i don't remember exactly if we were playing um with nets and actually playing your traditional pickleball sure but um you know all throughout elementary school middle school and high school we were playing pickleball as one of the activities that that you would do yeah just because it was a a low movement, you know, you didn't have to worry about kids getting hurt necessarily during the gym class mm-hmm. um, because of such little movement that was actually needed. Right. Even though you're still staying very active, it just it was a one or two steps here as opposed to, you know, playing tennis that right. was you're running across. Yeah, the you're, to make you're a hit. yeah. Yeah. So um, I would have to say that that was um, probably my introduction. Um, Mrs. Melhart um, was uh, one of the the well, she was the tennis coach at the high school, mm-hmm. and I remember playing pickleball against her very intensely. Yeah, one on one. Yeah, we okay uh, in high school we played mostly one on one just to get a little bit more activity. Yeah. Um, but we also Mrs. Melhart and I also had some good badminton battles. Okay, uh, that that's where I started. Yeah, to to know that I was actually pretty decent at, at, uh, yeah. at badminton. So interesting. Yeah. Now, and, and I, I kind of already gave you my back in the day, but just the, uh, and we might have another one in the next question <laughs> for me at least, but just, um, you know, I, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed the aspect and I was, I was in sports at, in high school. Uh, I did, uh, you know, in middle school, I, I did football, I did basketball, I did baseball and then you know went into high school and then I just did track and uh I did javelin and I still was athletic and I still you know was fit and everything but um getting into racket sports that was my style that like pickleball was was perfect for me honestly because I I I grew up playing I don't know what it was it was my family and maybe we played obscure sports or whatever it was I mean we played a lot of bocce we played you know, lawn got whatever it was. We just like hung out in the yard, and to to be able to play this like pick, it, it just felt very pickup game kind of style. Yeah, yeah. And I just love that aspect of it. Um, and I wish I I wish I just kind of followed it. Like I mean, not that I would have made a career out of it, but just you know, picking it up and said, all right, I'm I enjoy pickleball, and I I'm going to play it, and I'm going to play it through college, and I'm going to play it through you know, I probably could have started. I went to Penn State. I, I probably could have started a pickleball club, and it wouldn't have existed at that point. Yeah, I I think the the biggest barrier, and and we go back to the last question of of talking, you know, pickleball, tennis, or badminton, um, even t- table tennis is. The biggest barrier I think you have is just finding a court. Yes. Is, you know, 
with a paddle and a wiffle ball, you can you can you know volley back and forth or or you know mm-hmm. kind of play back and forth. But to the the net and court is a little bit hard because you could play on a tennis court. Yes, but a lot of times it's like, well, if you're going to play on a tennis court, why don't you just play tennis? Or that's it, fair. Uh, but as someone who just recently played a couple months ago on a tennis court, it's actually not that. It's it's very similar, and I would much rather play that than tennis. Yeah. Uh, and not that I, I don't have anything against tennis. It's just there's much more to it. Um, pickleball is much more condensed. Um, and the only thing that was different, and we didn't have tape for it, but I would have said we, we should have taped out the kitchen and because we didn't really have a rule for we, – we improvise. And that's, again, I like that, that you know, pickup mentality for the sport in general um, that I, I like about it. So I would definitely um, – you know, I, I I continue to want to play and and just have to find the time to do it. But. So so our next question, as we we talk of the ex, uh, obscure sport and avoid completely March Madness and and yeah. all talk of actual basketball during this this time period, what's the most ex, obscure sport that you are into or were into? Yeah, yeah. So for me, uh, and this is a little back in the day, and you don't need to do the little the little ditty for it, but. Uh, for me, and and this is kudos to anyone who's listening in from from my Penn State days. Um, I went on a trip to uh, Myrtle Beach. I used to go every year with my best friend and uh, his family. And it has nothing to do with the trip, other than we were watching TV one night, and uh, it was late at night, and we're watching. I think it was ESPN, some sports network. I don't know what it was, but we were. It was outside of Myrtle Beach. And the sport came on, and it looked like the most ridiculous sport I have ever seen. And they're kicking the ball and hitting it with, like, a bat-like object, and there's, like, a field goal, and the ball, they're, like, tackling each other. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And I did a little research, and I found out that that sport is called hurling. Oh, yeah. Yes. And... Hurling, and maybe we could have a whole other episode on hurling if we really get into the obscure sports. I, I think we, I think each of our obscure sports, we need to have an episode sure. on at some point. So I won't go too in depth, but essentially, um, I was so enamored, and and I loved it. I was laughing hysterically with my buddies. I was just like, "This is spectacular!" And so uh, I actually, uh, I loved it so much that I did a lot of research into it. And explored the option. I was, at the time, I was at Penn State um, in maybe my junior year, uh, maybe senior year, and club sports were coming up. And I actually, no one even heard of hurling really. And I was exploring the option of proposing it to the club sport committee or whatever it was um, to be approved as a new sport hmm. uh, for Penn state as a wow. club sport. And, um, I went through a lot of research and, and talked with a lot of people. I actually got a lot of, a decent amount of buy-in the biggest challenge. And the reason why, uh, I didn't actually submit at the end of the day was the more research I did was unlike pickleball, it is a very expensive sport. Yeah. So you have to invest in the equipment and you know the pads and the the field has to be right and you have to have the you know you're basically playing on a field, football field but there's a lot there's also a net we'll, to, we'll have to get into yeah. that so, with our, our yeah and i I'm, and i'm you know not speaking from an expert standpoint but there's a lot to it um so uh it, it ended up falling through is is the word but That's i i was really in, into it for a good amount of time 
uh, and was very serious about actually starting something up. So um, it, it was interesting. I encourage you to look it up uh, if you haven't. But what 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 obscure sport? Well, along the hurling namesake, yeah. mine is curling. Oh, curling. Okay. Yeah. I I I don't know why, but I am fascinated by curling. Yep. Uh, I actually in 2017 the national championships were up in Everett, so about a uh, what 90 minute drive. Yeah. Not even that, but probably 50 minute drive from here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went by myself, bought myself a ticket, sat down, and I watched the the championship. Um, I don't even know what they call them, but. Um, the championship matches yeah. uh, for the men's and the women's okay. uh, and, you know, started talking to people, trying to figure out the game and all that kind of stuff. Because it's one of those sports, those Olympic sports, that every time the Olympics come on, I can't find, like, myself looking away from the TV screen when those the, the curling yeah. comes on. It's it's fascinating what people can do with those stones. Yeah. And, I mean, again, we'll get into this when you know we'll come back around and and do this as a topic episode 72 will be on curly yeah (laughs) tune in later (laughs) the the one i when you um when you first start talking about yours um i started thinking about highlight did you ever play highlight in uh the heck is highlight highlight is the the one with the big long scoop that you have and it's almost like a racquetball but with this big scoop and you throw it at it it is the one of the most dangerous sports because you get so much inertia from the uh, the s- ball coming around the scoop. Yeah, uh, you've probably played it as a kid in the in the yard with the little you know the plastic remember, scoop yeah, with the ball like and you yeah. throw it. Yeah, if you actually look up the professional highlight, it is crazy how fast they start oh, to throw. I it. believe it. Yeah. yeah. So that maybe, is... maybe that's another episode. I don't know. We'll we'll see how crazy <laughs> yeah. this obscure sports we get into. Yeah. Because you know we both do like sports, but we don't want to be a sports podcast. No. We 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 want to, you know, educate you guys on you know all of these things that maybe you know a little bit about, maybe you know a lot about, maybe you know nothing about, yep. and and that's our goal here not to not to hit you over the head with things you might already know about. Yeah. Have you, uh, Brian? Have you ever invented a sport? Uh, Self-proclaimed evented. Uh, I mean, you know, as a kid, we used to play a, a game where um, you'd I would you'd throw it up a uh, ball up on a roof. Okay, and um, you'd try to get it so close to the the top, the of, the top roof of the roof without it going over. I don't yeah. know if we ever like you know made yeah. a yeah. Uh, point system or anything out of it, but yep. that's probably the closest thing that okay. we we did yeah well i mean i've i've done similar stuff to that i i have to pay homage my my buddies um back home and and shout out to to joe who was a part of this weird night that we invented a new sport um called hasaker um and i don't even know why we called it that um we were in uh late middle school maybe early high school um and we were playing in somebody's basement and it was just this little net and you couldn't use your it was in in the basement so it was so small like the area and we're like kicking around a little ball and i don't know why you even got a soccer or got the hockey aspect that was the huh part of the huh soccer mm. but um there were some injuries that happened. oh i think maybe it was the hitting part you could like hit people oh, <laughs> so wow. 
like you could like check people a little bit, not too much, but you could definitely make contact. Um, and uh, it was it was quite a violent little sport that we invented. Um, and uh, you know, some internal memes were created from that. But uh, good times, I will say, good times. So, well, it's about that time as we typically get. I think we're what an hour in. Yeah, right at an hour. I don't even know how we talked this long about this sport, but we did. <laughs> uh, accomplishment. Um, so we're, we're at our, our point where we start thinking delusionally. You really are crazy. So every week we have our delusional thinking question. And uh, this week we wanted to keep it specific to this obscure sport um, topic and while it's not specific to pickleball maybe it might be um, so here's the question Brian would you rather be a world class world class athlete at an obscure sport um, or a mediocre athlete at one of the major sports so yeah do you have any yeah, this clarifying a, questions this a, for this no this was a tough one okay this is a tough one um you know, I think I think you're when you think about a mediocre athlete at, at one of the others. Um, I guess to me, I'm thinking you'd be kind of borderline professional in terms of yeah. Um, and, and that's that's where my thought process I, and, is. And like, I I tend to agree with you there. I think even you're probably if you're a mediocre athlete um, at one of the major sports. I I almost think you've you've almost made it just made it to the majors, but you're not going to get much better. Yeah, like, like, like I would I would say you're you're a good college athlete. Sure, at, yeah. at the sport, um, but struggling in, in professionally to yep. you know make a, a much money at it really. Yeah. Um, and I think I have to go with the world class athlete at the obscure sport. I okay. I just like too many obscure sports. <laughs> To, um, to really say, yeah, I really want to be a mediocre, like middle of the road athlete that, um, you know, baseball or basketball or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I want, I, I kind of want that that championship, men- you know, yeah. feeling. Well, you're you're an ultimate competitor. Yeah. I would say you're very competitive, and to to strive for mediocrity is probably not in your nature yeah but it's not even like i'm sure you're not you're not striving for mediocrity. no you're not you just that's where you land i guess um yeah no that's interesting Uh, i'm sure i would make a lot more money if i was a mediocre athlete so here's the thing and as i i would i would probably agree with you if you just made it into the majors you're like I'm, I keep thinking baseball. I don't know why that keeps popping in my head. But you make it into any sport at a base level, you're making good money. Like I mean, you're if you're on a practice squad for an NFL team, you're making good money. Um, you know, sure, there's a lot of other stipulations, and you're working a lot and whatever. But there, there's enough money to be made there. Um, but for for me, and what I was surprised with, with even just my research into pickleball. Is that if you're winning, like the if you're the top athlete in pickleball, you might be like every tournament you win. I mean, the bigger ones, that's a hundred thousand dollars. What? Winning. Yeah, that's really? not a lie. Like the the biggest championship, I'm pretty sure, for pickleball, you win a hundred thousand dollars. I think that was the the USA PA um, national championship was a hundred thousand dollars. So that's a good take home. That's not, that's not bad. Now you have to be the best, and if you are, you're, you're a world class athlete. So you're at least competing for that. Yeah. Um, 
but um, but yeah, so so my thought, um, and I, I definitely uh, struggle with this one a little bit as well, and I do think that money-wise, I still think even a mediocre, and again, this is a very loose term that we're using, but a mediocre athlete in one of the professional, you know, the four or five main sports, I say four because, you know, soccer sometimes are, uh, doesn't pay as much if you're just a mediocre athlete. But for some of the other sports, you're getting paid a good amount of money. So there, I would say, I would agree with you that there is more money in the mediocrity in the, you know, one of the major sports. But I'm actually going to agree with you on this one. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often, but um, I'm going to be a world-class athlete in an obscure sport. And uh, I just love – um, that aspect. And, and that, I think that's a little bit of part of my personality as I discover this through our journey of podcasting is that I just like being a little bit different. And um, and the world-class athlete in an obscure sport is just that. Um, and so I don't know what it would be. Do you know what your – would it be badminton for you? Would, would that be your obscure sport? That to, I would want to be yeah, a world-class you athlete? Have one? Uh, that's a great question. I think I, I think I would be pretty good at badminton. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Yeah, maybe because at least it's in the Olympics. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, I don't think these are in Olympics, and they're even debated as sports. Though I think they probably are. Well, definitely one is. But uh, my mind goes to bowling and and pool. Mm. Um, and I think I would go with pool. Uh, even though being an obscure athlete, billiards. billiards. Oh, sure, billiards. If okay. you're going to be a world class okay, athlete, I guess you I got to call it by its fancy name. Yeah. Um, but really, I, 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 if it's billiards, I think I would go with that. Even though that my initial thought is, no one wants to play with me now, because that's part of it. Is like I, I want to be better at pool. I want to like actually be really good at pool to the point where I can do like trick shots and all that other stuff. And that would be fun because that's something you can go to a bar and play and have fun with other people. Though I might dominate those those things and no one wants to play me. So that's yeah. a whole nother thing. Um, but a close second behind probably pool might even be pickleball. And I just um, – and just learning more about it, I, I just really enjoy – I enjoy the sport. I enjoy playing it. I could play it all day I and think be happy. That means, happy I think man. that means we have to do a podcast on billiards and, and – because I have sure. no idea where it came from. I have no idea either. So, so maybe we do. Maybe that's another topic we talk about. Um, another yeah. topic for another day. Yeah, of course. There's always those. And uh, at some point, if you guys keep tuning in, we'll, maybe we'll have some voting on some things. Not not just the debates, but just some new topics that we might uh, – us internally might be debating over. Yeah. So. This, is, this is – right now, this is all what we want to yeah. – research and We're talk about totally just spitting on everything yeah we we want to hear what you guys think yeah and think we should talk about want to learn about what what uh you, you think we should debate all yeah. of that kind of stuff yeah so so as always uh follow us on uh facebook at quest for 100 podcast and i i do want to re- reiterate uh, Brian has brought up uh, reviews in the past. Please give us a good review or not. We'll review. We'll look at them. We'll review your, your reviews, um, or just subscribe. Honestly, just subscribe. We'll, we'll be in your inbox or your little, app, uh, you know, podcast inbox if you would uh, every week, and, and we'll be throwing this out every Thursday. So uh, appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, thanks for joining us on the Quest for One Hundred.